0: My thoughts from the Podcast Awards, New Media Expo, and NAB Show 2015. Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, Episode 218. Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the award-winning how-to podcast about podcasting. It's where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. I had a great time at New Media Expo and NAB Show in Las Vegas recently, and I want to share with you some of the highlights. Maybe you were there at the event and some of these things will resonate with you, or maybe you have some of your own thoughts to add to this. I'd love for you to comment on the show notes for this episode number 218 at com slash 218. But maybe you weren't at this event or any of these events and you're interested to know, is it worth going? Should you consider this in the future? What are some of the neat things that came from these events? That's what I'm going to share with you. Starting out with the podcast awards. Now, we need to be objective here in thinking about this and separate first the podcast awards from the awards ceremony. I fully support the podcast awards. I even believe in the power of the daily voting. Year after year, this really proves that the podcasters with the most engagement win, not necessarily the podcasters with the biggest audience. Yes, a podcast that has 10 listeners that are extremely engaged, is not going to beat a podcast that has 20,000 engaged listeners. But what we see year after year is that still the podcasters that engage their audience a lot and their audience is loyal and takes action on their actions are the podcasters who win the awards. When I won the award for the awards ceremony in 2012, it wasn't because I had the biggest audience. I checked out some of the other podcasts that were in the technology category for the 2012 awards. And some of them definitely had bigger audiences than I do. But I had a more engaged audience. And then this year in what's been called the 2015 Podcast Awards, Rob Sesternino took home the prize for People's Choice Podcast Award. That's the number one award. That's the award of awards. The award is actually bigger than all of the other awards. He took home that award and he beat Serial. Yeah, that podcast that got 5 million downloads in about a month, that podcast that everyone has been talking about that's made it onto news and television shows and all kinds of other things has been covered by all kinds of media and has this massive team behind it. Serial could not beat Rob's engaged audience. Why? Because Serial, even though it has a massively larger audience than Rob's show, Rob has a podcast, Serial does not engage with their audience and their audience isn't very engaged either. Their audience was engaged enough to be able to nominate Serial and get enough nominations to make it into the finalists, but they didn't have an engaged enough audience to actually win the award. My guess is that the producers of cereal might not have even asked for any voting from their audience. But Rob Sesternino engages with his community. And because of that, he won the award for People's Choice. And he's also won awards for other categories in the past, too, because his audience is passionate. And Rob then is authentic, he's personable, and he's very approachable, too. So it makes sense that he would win the award with not the biggest podcast, certainly very popular, yes, but not the most popular. It's not just a popularity contest. Yes, of course, some of that comes into effect whenever numbers are counted, but that's not the only thing that comes into effect. I do believe that there are some ways that the nomination and voting process can and should be improved, and we'll probably see some of those before the awards in 2016, But now, I'm going to be honest about the awards ceremony. When the hosts were originally announced, and out of respect, I'm not going to name them, but you probably know who they are. When they were originally announced, I expressed some concern about, is this really going to be appropriate and classy and family-friendly, anything like that? And I was assured back then that yes, the hosts would keep it classy, well, if you watch the awards ceremony from 2015, then you know that to mass disappointment, the hosts were not classy at all. When I heard one of the hosts introduce themselves in their show, I first thought, okay, yeah, they're making it sound classy so far, but I think it was only maybe 20 seconds more and then it started going downhill. I've heard many different reasons why the ceremony wasn't as classy as it was supposed to be. Stuff like maybe the host threw out the script, maybe other things were part of it, and also the fact that the host had one of the hosts had to be replaced and the original host was not able to make it. That seems to happen every year. It's kind of strange, but. One of the things that did definitely happen and did affect this is that the teleprompter was not working for whatever reason. So the hosts had to improvise. These hosts improvised and most of their content ended up being rated R kind of content. I've even heard some people call it rated X content. Certainly not classy, not family friendly. And I really feel like it was an outright embarrassment that reflected badly on these hosts on the podcasters who are present, on the podcasting industry as a whole. It reflected a little bit badly on New Media Expo, since they now own the podcast awards. And it reflected badly on the leading sponsor, who was sponsoring, it seemed, everything about the awards and got a lot of mentions. And I wonder how much influence they had with the awards. But that point aside, it was an embarrassment. I'm, I'm just glad that when I sent out the message beforehand saying, watch the awards live, I did think to add on there may not be family friendly and it definitely wasn't. If you are watching with your family and you're expecting something clean, I'm sorry. I'm apologizing on behalf of the awards ceremony because it was it was not a classy event. But there were plenty of other aspects of the ceremony that were great. I know a lot of people are picking on the hosts and saying what an embarrassment it was and how disrespected we as podcasters felt and all of this stuff. And certain things about how the award ceremony was run, like many of the podcasters who won awards weren't actually there and didn't have anyone there to represent them to pick up the award. But those things aside, I think there were other aspects of the awards ceremony that were great and wonderful for being the 10th annual podcast awards. The design of the event was great, how they planned things out, the way that things would flow, aside from the host that is. The production of the event was stellar. And let's just pretend that that typo on the education slide was just a little joke in there for all of us who knew how education is actually spelled. But this ceremony also felt a little bit less like a community event than previous awards ceremonies. Maybe that's a consequence of the rising status of the podcast awards and getting more attention and trying to take it more seriously. But I still think we can tie in that community feel. The only sponsors who were recognized were the top sponsors. And that was really just podcast one. And Blueberry Raw Voice Todd Cochran, they were recognized as having started the awards, but now New Media Expo owns the awards. And Podcast One actually inserted ads into the awards. And when I first heard the ads going, I thought, "Oh, that's funny! They're doing an ad in the middle of the award ceremony, just like as if it's a podcast." That's that's really clever. That's brilliant. And then I realized, no, this is actually an ad. They're putting a podcast ad in the ceremony for the podcast awards it really then felt awkward and some of the other things were a little bit odd but none of the other sponsors got any recognition like the podcast sponsors who year after year after year many of them like clinton from the comedy forecast has sponsored i think every award ceremony from the very beginning and he wasn't even mentioned His podcast wasn't mentioned. The other podcast that sponsored and paid something like $250 to sponsor the awards got no recognition at all. And I was one of those sponsors. I sponsored with my podcast reviews. I have a little banner on the site that you can see at podcastawards.com. And my podcast reviews was not mentioned at all. So I felt like at least thank these people, at least refer to the fact that there were other sponsors and they didn't do that maybe part of that was because the teleprompter was broken maybe it was just the other sponsor didn't want other sponsors or the other sponsor gave so much money that negated the need to thank anyone else I don't know what all went on behind the scenes there but I did feel slighted as a sponsor myself and I feel bad for those sponsors especially like Clinton who's been sponsoring this for years to get no recognition at all but despite all these downsides to the podcast awards ceremony and the awards themselves, I think there is one thing for certain. Next year will be different, and I do think it will be better. If you're looking for other podcast awards, ceremonies, and such, another one that I think could have enough momentum to actually make it and occur year after year is the new Academy of Podcasters that is owned and will be held at Podcast Movement in Fort Worth this year. If you're going to go to Podcast Movement Register at podcastmovement.com and use the promo code NOODLE. You'll be able to save 10% on your admission to Podcast Movement then, and I'd love to see you there. I'll be presenting a session, most likely on how to improve your website for your podcast. It'll be a really great session combining a lot of things to help you really leverage your platform for your podcast. That's at podcastmovement.com and use the promo code NOODLE. So the podcast awards, eh. Congratulations! Huge congratulations, certainly to all of the winners. I think there will be some changes that we'll see in the coming years that will probably be met with some opposition because some people don't like change. Other people will applaud the change. Other people will highly criticize the changes and such. But I think there will be changes and changes for the better, especially now that New Media Expo is in more combination with NAB Show and the Podcast Awards could get even more recognition than. The IAW-TV Awards were really cool, run really well, a great event. I even got to meet one of the writers of Once Upon a Time there, Jane Espenson. That was a really cool highlight for me. I couldn't interview her, though. That was a bummer, just because of ABC policies and such. But definitely look at podcastawards.com and consider how you can support it in the future and vote for your favorite podcast, nominate them, and such thank you very much for supporting the Audacity podcast and all of our other Noodle Mix Network podcasts in the awards. For each time that there was a podcast mentioned that I was supporting, like I was voting for, or I'd recommended others vote for, or certainly our own Noodle Mix Network podcast, I would cheer and I would hear maybe a handful of other people also cheer along with me. Some were at the table where I was, some were, somewhere else in the audience and for most of the podcasts it sounded like there was a table or two maybe 10 people cheering for one podcast or another every now and then not every single podcast was cheered for i was surprised sometimes some of the categories had no one cheering i just kind of felt bad for the people there but about 10 people cheering for each podcast When it came to the Audacity to Podcast in the technology category, and they read the nominations off and mentioned the Audacity to Podcast, I got something that was almost as good, or maybe even better, than winning an award. And that was, I heard not just a handful of people cheer for the Audacity to Podcast. It sounded like maybe a third of the room cheered for the Audacity to Podcast. That surprised me at first, and just... Wow, the feeling to recognize I've been able to influence that many lives and there are that many people grateful for what I'm doing here week after week. No, I didn't win an award, but to hear that people love and appreciate what I'm doing and that many people cheered. Wow, that was that was really I think better than winning an award where maybe no one would cheer for me, but to hear everyone voicing their support wow thank you if you were there thank you very much for your support that meant a lot to me i will never forget that so podcast awards cool pluses minuses check it out podcastawards.com as things will be changing in the future probably new media expo was the main reason i and others were there and new media expo is now co-located, or this year was co-located with NAB Show. That's the National Association of Broadcasters show. It had its oddities due largely to, I think, this being the first year that New Media Expo was co-located with NAB Show and the amount of time that the New Media Expo team had to plan these events and things they had to work out like how many rooms could they actually have from NAB Show and which rooms were available on what days and such. So there's yes some growing pain there and I think most of the social media people came for New Media Expo not necessarily for NAB Show. But I think that this new co-location that is going to be repeated in 2016, so plan for that, it's around the same date in 2016, I think this is really the best thing that could happen for New Media Expo. I'm not so sure it's the best thing that could happen for the attendees. See, the conference is being recognized. The conference, the exhibitors. All of that is great with being co-located with NAB Show. But for those coming and attending this little conference inside of a massive event, I don't know. So there are some downsides and there are some positives here. So let me first talk about the downsides. New Media Expo was in a hotel next to the NAB Show in the Las Vegas Convention Center. The space was nice, but very spread out. This made it hard at certain times for us to network with other attendees because someone would be upstairs, someone would be downstairs on the lower level, someone would be at a room on the other side of the building, someone would be in the rooms that were all connected together. It was a little hard then to meet people, to network, and sometimes even find the next sessions. The quote opening unquote keynote was actually on the second night instead of the first night, and it was in one room that was nice and big, really exciting to be in that room and i 'll mention more about the keynotes in a moment, but then the quote closing unquote keynote was the night before the last day, and it was in a completely different room, and its attendance was much lower than the attendance of the opening keynote and the content was much different. I know it was also wasn't the same content that they had planned for a keynote there, due to someone having to cancel. But because of this co location with NAB show, there were several moments where I would see a crowd of people and While I'm walking around not meeting many New Media Expo people, I'd see this crowd of people then coming from one of the hallways where New Media Expo was, and I'd feel like reaching out my arms and saying, oh, my people, let's talk about New Media, let's talk about Twitter, let's talk about podcasting, let's talk about blogging and all of this stuff. And they all just walk by and they're all there for NAB show, not for New Media Expo. So we were just really like a needle in a haystack. One of the other things that was a little bit frustrating was the hotel situation with the conference space where it was. I'm a big fan of staying at the event hotel when you can. New Media Expo was held at the Westgate, which is right next to Las Vegas Convention Center, and it cost nearly $200 per night to stay at the Westgate. Most of the parties were held at SLS Las Vegas, which was about a block, and Las Vegas blocks are very big blocks, but it was about a block away. Because of the high hotel costs, I think that many people, like me, chose to stay at other NAB official hotels for a fraction of the cost. We could still get the busing from the hotel over to the Las Vegas Convention Center, but then it was another long walk from just there back over to the And it it was getting a little bit annoying. I stayed at the Circus Circus, which some of the days I realized I should have just walked instead of waiting for the bus because I walked just about as long once I got off the bus. And because it was so big, but also so spread out, there were a lot of people I was really eager to meet and talk to, but I just couldn't find them. And there were others who I got to talk to and wanted to talk to longer, but I had to move on to something else because of how spread apart everything was. Maintaining a schedule was very difficult. And most of the networking parties were, yet again, far too loud. I think the music, which (laughs) networking music, always unnecessary in my opinion, was blaring so loud that everyone had to yell to do any kind of actual networking at the networking events. My suggestion, if you want to have a networking event or a networking party, keep the music quiet or completely off and host the party in a large carpeted room or maybe even consider outside somewhere where it's easy for people to talk to each other in a normal voice and be heard. It was also really annoying that at these events, we were forbidden from bringing in our own water and we had to pay $8 for a bottle of water inside of the event. There was a sponsor, a beverage sponsor, but they were only sponsoring a single kind of alcoholic beverage in each event. I heard that even some of those ran out very quickly, but we couldn't even use our drink ticket just to get water or soda or something like that. It was only for one specific kind of drink and... I was tempted, and I think others were too, to just stick our heads in the pool where the opening party night was and just drink from there instead. But one of the nights I ended up just having to step out of the party. It was way too loud. I couldn't hear anything that was going on. I didn't want to lose my voice. So I ended up just sticking around the slot machines at the casino and talking with other people as they were coming out. I'd I'd wait outside the doorway looking for anyone to come out, maybe like me who had just had enough with the loud volume. So those are some of the downsides at New Media Expo 2015. Now how about the positives? I wasn't actually able to attend many sessions this year, but I heard that the sessions were great. A lot of good things coming out of a lot of great sessions. I'm really looking forward to getting the digital ticket and downloading the sessions to listen to from many other great podcasters and others who were there who presented great information. I was really pleased that even my own session, SEO for Podcasters, which was an extremely concise, stripped down version of my SEO for Podcasters video course, was packed. There was standing room only in that room. And this wasn't a tiny room. It seated maybe a hundred or so people. Standing room only, I was really pleased with that and impressed too that people found seo that interesting or maybe they just wanted to come hear me speak and whatever i had to say they wanted to hear but i thought with seo that's something that either no one's interested in or a lot of people are going to be interested in and it was right after lunch too so there was a little bit of trickle in to the room as people were coming in a little bit late after lunch because of eating arrangements too at the event but i was really pleased with how many people came out and the questions were great. The conversations afterward were wonderful. I'm going to make that recording of SEO for Podcasters available to those who came to the event as well as to those who buy my SEO for Podcasters video course at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash SEO. I want to make it available there to them because even though when you buy the course, you get the 10 hours plus training it's 10 hours of training. Maybe you just want to know, okay, what's the most important stuff? That's what I covered in my session is just, here's the most important stuff for you to know. I covered it in about 35 minutes in the session. So I'll be making that available to those who purchase the audacity slash SEO. And if you're interested in buying it, you might want to buy it soon because the price is going to go up on that very soon. I think that the opening night networking party was a fabulous event. This was at SLS Las Vegas again, but we were outside on the, the pool deck or something that they called it there, and it was a very large space. It was outdoors, but it was a very pleasant weather that day. They had loud music on one end of the space, but it was very easy to get away from that loud music and talk to people without yelling and actually do networking at a networking party. It was great, great place for it. I know on the second day, I think the party was supposed to be there again, but there was a sandstorm. So that probably meant that they decided not to have the party out there. For the keynotes, I thought that Pat Flynn from Smart Passive Income did an excellent job with the opening keynote. I really don't know if anyone can top his intro, which was Back to the Future themed and really fun. And there was at one point with his intro where I thought, this is a little bit over the top, but it's awesome still anyway, and just really cool and really well done. So even though, yeah, at times it felt a little over the top, it was a great intro and his keynote after that was also great content. Joel Kamm also spoke on a video and the power of video, and he had some great information, some great stories, and great things to share with us. The keynote then that was the, quote, closing, unquote, keynote was from Norm Pattis from Podcast One and Rob Sesternino, host of Rob Has a Podcast. It was also good in ways, and I think Rob was a great person to have there and really cool to hear some great information from him especially now that he's a people's choice podcast award winner but there were some things still where a lot of us in the audience were tweeting during this and a lot of people heard afterward that norm from podcast one formerly from westwood one which is a station or a, a networking thing for radio stations norm Was bringing in a lot of traditional media thinking into the new media space, like talking about impressions, not downloads, and not qualified downloads even, but wanting to measure just impressions, kind of like how many people drive by a billboard. Okay, that's the number of impressions. How many people actually looked at the billboard and read it? That's more like the number of downloads in the podcasting space, or consider on a website. We talk about impressions with display ads. How many people visited the website and how many times was that ad loaded? Those are impressions. How many people actually looked at the ad or clicked on it? Those are more like downloads in the podcast world. And I think that a core issue to this is that, yes, impressions work on radio and That's because of the nature of radio, which is where you join it in the middle of a show and you leave when you get out of your car or when you turn off the radio. You don't consume the entire content. So the number of impressions are really important in radio. And also to advertisers who are stuck in the thinking of impressions. Impressions is important for them. They want to know the number of impressions because they're used to thinking low-value impressions. But in the podcasting space, we have a much higher value downloads, even higher value call-to-action measurement systems we can use that I think give a much better story. And that's why podcast advertising is worth much more than radio advertising because podcast advertising has a much higher return on investment. And I'll probably dig more into that in a future episode of the Audacity Podcast. But despite the fact that that closing keynote had some controversial information and some interesting after-keynote discussions. I still think all of these keynotes together were much better than some of the previous disasters that have happened at New Media Expo. Like remember the live TV show where the tweets weren't actually live and one of the supposed tweets was way too long to be a tweet? Or remember that one keynote where the guy literally threw money from his pockets into the audience and had people crawling over each other and sold stuff from the stage? Yeah, those are the kinds of disasters I'm talking about. And to New Media Expo's credit, they can't always vet this stuff out. People can do the bait and switch, which has happened before, and things can sound great, Until it's actually done. It's a great idea, poor execution kind of thing. But I think the keynotes this time were much better, more applicable, more on our level too, just better information in general presented. The date for New Media Expo worked a lot better this year than previous years as well, because in previous years, it has been very close to Christmas, just before CES, the Consumer Electronics Show, at least the event in Las Vegas was. That makes it difficult in all kinds of ways for people to travel because trying to take off vacation time right after Christmas and New Year's and having more time off, but also the weather was a big issue for people in traveling. There were many canceled flights, many delays in previous years. So being in April is much better, I think, weather-wise. Outside in Las Vegas, the first couple days were warm, yeah, but then the days after that were very pleasant weather. I think it's a great time for New Media Expo. It makes it much easier to travel and probably cheaper too. I was able to travel to New Media Expo directly from Cincinnati. I had nonstop flights both ways for a fairly low cost too compared to previous years. Also having New Media Expo co-located with NAB show was great for the exhibitors because just realize that here's an exhibitor who instead of reaching an audience of maybe a few hundred people there for New Media Expo. Many of these exhibitors were reaching thousands of people who were there for NAB show. Some of these people discovering these companies for the first time and seeing cool stuff and showing cool stuff. And for the attendees, I heard that some of them walked around the NAB show floor and saw a lot of cool things. I certainly saw some cool things too. And I think that There was some great opportunity here for the attendees that they might not have otherwise had this chance to visit NAB and get to see all of these different microphones, mixers, video cameras, all of this cool kind of technology. It was also great to see some of these big companies like Telestream, the makers of Wirecast and ScreenFlow, have their big booth in NAB Show and then have a second booth specifically for the New Media Expo crowd. It was a smaller booth, yes, but they had a presence there. I think that the exhibitors at New Media Expo seem to be far more relevant this year than last year. There were no teeth whitening or back massage places exhibiting at New Media Expo. These were relevant companies. There were also some really cool things that were announced or premiered at New Media Expo. Like Blueberry now has this great service called subscribeonandroid.com. You go there, you enter your RSS feed, and then it gives you a link back And the link that you use has your RSS feed in it, but also the subscribe on android.com at the beginning. When you put that on your site, like you could make your own slash Android link point to that, it will take Android users to a page where they can see the name of your podcast and apps they can download to subscribe to your podcast. But if they have one of those apps already installed... Subscribe on Android becomes a one-click subscription method, just like we have for iTunes and the podcast app. Now it's emerging for the Android platform. And this is great because we've needed this for a while and more and more Android platform developers are starting to work on this. And it only takes them a few minutes. So if there is an Android podcast app that you want to support Subscribe on Android, contact them, point them to subscribe on Android page. There's a page there for developers where they can get the information about how to integrate it with their system and make it really easy for people to have a one-click subscription method. There are many more Android devices out there than there are iOS devices, but it's the iOS devices that are downloading more podcasts than the Android devices. So we have a very large untapped market of Android device users who aren't listening to podcasts. We need to make it easier for them to get to podcasts. I think subscribe on Android.com is a great step in that direction. Clamor was another really interesting company and that's dot and it's been described as many different things but what it does is it allows you to share highlights from audio podcasts and that can make then your audio podcasts more social by sharing these short clips 18 second clips from the podcast it's really cool technology i recorded a video with them that i'll have on my video channel and in my itunes video podcast called podcasting video tips that'll be very soon also we had quite some fun with the hashtag overheard at nmx i've got links to all of these things in the show notes for this episode number 218 before this new media expo especially after i attended social media marketing world in san diego a month ago i was really thinking where does new media expo fit now between social media marketing world and podcast movement because social media marketing world is really about the professionals using social media podcasting blogging networking youtube web tv all of this different kinds of stuff but more from a professional perspective and it costs a lot to go to that event but I think social media marketing world is probably going to be my favorite event I'm looking forward to attending it each year it is a bit expensive though Podcast Movement, on the other hand, is a smaller event, but will be probably much bigger this year. It's specifically by podcasters and for podcasters. And it's about podcasting. I'm looking forward to being there again this year. Go to podcastmovement.com and use the promo code Noodle to save 10%. So they're opposite ends of the spectrum here. And I've wondered before this event, I wondered, where does New Media Expo fit into this? Now, I think that with New Media Expo being co-located with NAB Show, it's helping New Media Expo to grow a lot more. And I think it's exposing our messages and our methods to a much wider audience of traditional media professionals. So now New Media has an equal place next to traditional media, which can only help us gain more attention and respect. So with this combination, and especially getting the opportunity to see all of this awesome gear at NAB Show, I think that New Media Expo now differentiates itself enough from social media marketing world and podcast movement that it's still a great place for the professional or hobbyist content creators. Which one should you go to if you can only go to one? Oh, don't ask me that. <laughs> they are all really good and I'm not sure I can actually tell you anymore just which one if you only had to choose one to go to, but I will be trying to attend all three each year. So those are my thoughts then on New Media Expo. And I'd love to hear your thoughts as well. Please comment on the show notes at the slash two eighteen. Now on to the National Association of Broadcasters show. I've attended the Consumer Electronics Show or CES before with the Tech Podcast Network and covered it in different ways. CES is a massive expo with a wide range of products for consumers. So you would find things there like DVDs and Blu rays and TVs and iPhone cases and iPhone accessories and Android accessories and all kinds of random things, car accessories and everything that could be described as a consumer electronic thing or technology. So it's massive and it covers all kinds of things. But in a B show, there are is a lot more for podcasters, I think, either within our reach that we could afford or even certain things that can inspire us to do something better or give us new ideas of how to do something. There were some downsides to the NAB show. I think it was a bit overwhelming because it's so big. A lot of people came and they said that they only walked through one of the halls and that was enough for them. There was no way they could go through the other halls. And I also was there a lot to try to find companies that I could interview or build relationships with, so I ended up spending a lot of time on the NAB show floor, which meant missing a lot of New Media Expo time since the two events were happening simultaneously, and there really was no dedicated time where it's like saying, okay, either network in the hallways or go look at NAB show, but there are no sessions on right now. It would have been nice maybe if we had something like that. Or an extra day or anything like that. But there wasn't. So I think some people ended up missing time at New Media Expo or missing stuff from NAB Show. I ended up missing a lot of stuff from New Media Expos because I spent so much time on the NAB Show floor. NAB Show really, though, tailors more toward the multimedia content creators. A lot of TV stuff. But even if you're not a big name producer, if you go to in a B-show, you're mostly going to find things that a podcaster or a web TV kind of person would be interested in. I don't think there's much relevance there to social media marketing or bloggers or those other types of industries that are bunched into new media or social media, but not so interested in all of these technologies. But there are still the cool toys like the drones and the cool cameras and certain technologies there like Dropbox was there and other places like that. But NAB's show did have some great positives too. There were a lot of companies that I got to talk to that I might not have otherwise had the opportunity to ever start a conversation with. Like I attended a Sennheiser press conference and they gave me their new ClipMic digital lavalier microphone that's for iOS devices. And I'll have a review of that coming up soon. Right now there is some question about Uh, The quality of my particular unit that I received, it might have been an early unit that has maybe some uh, quality issues with it. So I can't really give a full review yet. I'm going to withhold that. I'm talking with Sennheiser about it and they're sending me a new unit to test just to make sure. And they're doing some other things in the same process too. But I also got to give some feedback on some products that was really well received by companies like Zoom, for example, who makes the Zoom H5 and H6 recorders and many other great video and audio recorders. And I was even able to go and talk to some companies like audio processing companies, TC Electronic, Nugent Audio, and Isotope, to plant the idea of making more affordable solutions specifically designed just for podcasters. And one of those companies was really on board with the idea. We had a great conversation talking about what that solution could look like for podcasters and what the price could be, making it more affordable for podcasters. Yes, still costing, but not costing a lot of money, like $300 for just simple audio processing stuff. And I did get to record many interviews or start building relationships with these companies that make great products that podcasters can use. So watch my video show, Podcasting Video Tips, on iTunes, and also it's on YouTube for my videos that will be coming out from NAB Show. Go to com slash iTunes video or com slash YouTube to subscribe there to my videos that I release. Those will be coming out very soon, and really special huge thanks to those who helped me with those videos like neil christensen was my cameraman melvin rivera loaned me the sennheiser md46 interview microphone and a zoom h5 that i was able to use at the event and john Buchanan is editing these videos for me check out these three guys and thank them for contributing to what I could do and check out their services too. I've got links to their websites at the slash 218 So in conclusion, I think that definitely big congratulations to the podcast awards winners. But I do wish the ceremony would have been more classy. I think next year will be better. New Media Expo is still a great conference to attend and 2016 will be even better than 2015. An NAB show is now accessible for podcasters and it can be a lot of fun. I think you should definitely check it out. If you go in the next year, maybe just go to the pro audio section of NAB because there are multiple halls that are filled with all kinds of technology and cool stuff and you can get lost in some of these places. But just pick that one place where you think you'll find the cool stuff and go there. I'd love to hear from you. What did you think of the Podcast Awards, New Media Expo, or NAB show in 2015? Please comment on the show notes for this episode at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 218. Thank you to several people who left reviews for me in iTunes. Special thanks to Lawrence Bonima from the Netherlands who said, One of my longtime favorite shows listening to this show has taught me how to take my podcasting foo to the next level. And I've been recording podcasts since the Daily Source Code launched. Wow. Thank you very much, Lawrence. And AES to you, host of the New York City Football Club Fan Podcast, said Daniel J. Lewis and his podcast has been the single motivational factor for me to start my own podcast and my employers. Wow. Thank you very much for that kind review. Jebuleniapev from Nigeria said, trying to launch my podcast and looking for ideas around until I, quote, mistakenly, unquote, stumbled over your website. I'm going to stick here for a while. An application newer from Canada and host of Zoo Life said, just started our hashtag Zoo Life podcast. And this has been beyond helpful. Thank you very much for those kind reviews. I really appreciate those honest reviews. They encourage me. And they help other people find the podcast. And these are just excerpts from those reviews. If you want to check out the full reviews, I have links to each of them in the show notes at com slash 218. If you'd like to get your own podcast reviews emailed to you automatically, then go to mypodcastreviews.com and sign up for a solo or higher plan to get those reviews sent to you on a weekly basis for your podcasts and maybe even your competitors' podcasts, so you can learn more about what you should be doing better in your podcasting. That's at mypodcastreviews.com. I've got some great topics coming up for future episodes, like talking about hobbyist versus professional podcasting diversity in podcasting, when you should quit a podcast or quit podcasting altogether, and much more. I'm really excited about it. And one of the big things is I want to hear from you what questions would you like me to ask from the Audacity founders as we celebrate Audacity's upcoming birthday. I'll be talking with one of them. I'm really looking forward to that. Email me through the website, all the contact information is there. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. I'm Daniel J. Lewis from the AudacityTopodcast.com and The Ramen Noodle on Twitter. Thanks for listening. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Like we have TV show fan podcasts covering the TV shows Resurrection, Once Upon a Time, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, Under the Dome, Daredevil, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe as well. We also help you to succeed in your personal and professional life and much more. It's all at noodle.mx. The Audacity to Podcast is also a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Find more at techpodcasts.com.